your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? Do it to it, brother. Welcome to the Lutheran Stuff No Drama, No Drama Podcast. This is Pastor Hoffman, and with me is Zach Lesher. Say hello, Zach. Hey, welcome to the Bush League. All right. Well, it's good to be here. Another week of bringing you the what is the goodness known as Galatians. And if you've been following along, which you really should be, we're using the outline provided by the Lutheran Study Bible. And for this week, uh, we're going to be finishing out chapter 5, which is verses uh, 16 through 26. And there's two sections within those. And we'll address those. And so to get kicked off, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading it and then we'll start talking. We also have some wonderful questions posted by the Lutheran Stuff No Drama group on Facebook. So we'll get to it. I'll begin here in verse 16. St. Paul writes, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But you are led by the spirit. You are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Okay, so... Agreed. Um, It's definitely a a time for St. Paul to have a talk to the congregation there. Uh, and I think it's a useful one for congregations throughout all ages to say, well, here's what it looks like uh, when when we're talking about our, our lives, living our lives according to faith or according to our own fleshly desires. Or even you can go as far as to saying faith or works and our own human works, I mean. So, because... By the way, St. Paul is dealing with a lot of people who have the um, kind of the Plato dichotomy of flesh is bad, spirit is good. Well, one thing to keep in mind when St. Paul is talking about the spirit, he's talking about he's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit that gives you faith, that trusts in God above our own works. And so he's kind of trying to deal with the philosophers here. <laughs> philosophers yeah two things that that really pop out so if you guys haven't checked out our podcast on romans go back and check out romans 7 because paul is kind of echoing here he does it better in romans 7 yeah you know as opposed here but this is another flesh verse spirit uh new man in christ old man still hanging with me as um as I walk through life now as a Christian, Paul is giving instructions on how to deal with the old man and uh, and to uh, put on the new man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, for the people who are trying to say that he's using a platonic uh, dichotomy, they haven't read anything else by Paul. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like he's not he's not encouraging this dichotomy. He's working with what he's been given with his audience. So 
For St. Paul, when he's talking about the Spirit, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So, and not the the real or the, the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the perfect example that resides up in, in the, the, the Greek heaven. <laughs> yes, and to, um, to uh, piggyback on that, when Paul talks about the flesh, it's not like, like John. When John writes about the flesh, he's usually talking about our, our human humanness where paul when he talks about the flesh he's talking about our sinful nature so the flesh is applied differently in the in the way they're speaking and that's always depicted by the context yeah and if and if you're not looking at context then you're just you're 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 gonna be that's madness um so here we have so let's see what he's actually saying though now that we've established the language <laughs> Um, but he's saying, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And this is not left open to, you know, he's saying, well, what does, what does the flesh, what does the Adam, the old Adam desire? Well, what the flesh desires are the things that are opposite of faith. And so, um, anything that in the spirit is, is the opposite of what the flesh wants. And then you have, and he just, boy, he really lists it out here. This is a, this is a Roman holiday he's listing out here. For those are opposed to each other to, uh, to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. It's not just tying you up to a yoke, but now the works of the flesh are evident. Now this is what fallen and broken people are really into. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like that. So, in other words, this is what the natural man wants to do. He wants to do anything that debases himself and his neighbor. Yes, and let us, none of us deceive ourselves. We are all on that list somewhere. Oh, easily. So, I mean, this is not, he's not saying, hey, you're disqualified from the faith. He's saying, don't do these things because yeah. you have, have been redeemed. So put to death the flesh, right? Sure. I want to talk a minute for just a second on what he means when he says walk by the spirit. Because how many people have you seen maybe confused about this? Well, what does walking by the spirit mean? Or, or you get uh, some Pentecostal bunch that would say, you know, well, I'm walking in the spirit, and then they say, blah, 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 right? And, and that's supposed to be tongues. Yeah. Um, so when Paul is saying, walk by the spirit, well, we got we to gotta harmonize scripture, and we go to John 16, you know, Jesus says that the spirit will testify about, he will convict the world of sin and right, he will testify about all things concerning me the things of the spirit always relate back to christ that's why that's why as lutherans we put so much emphasis on jesus because when someone says well i have the holy spirit but then they talk about other things than jesus that's not the holy spirit yeah so walking by the spirit is word and sacrament and your bap baptismal life the fact that you've been redeemed and that faith that comes within that well, that's absolutely that's absolutely true, and and if we're not, if we're not kind of, okay, if we're not trying to move the goalposts here, which I think is what a lot of people do with this, they they, they kind of what I call salad bar this, when you talk about uh, somebody who has the Holy Spirit, let's be honest, somebody who has faith, hears Jesus, and believes him. And not because they're a slave, ma slave master relationship, but because the Holy Spirit recognizes what Jesus says as being good. So that's how he can say you're not under the law. The new man, and I, I'll get to old Adam in a second, but um, the new man is the one that hears this and says, absolutely, this is true. This is the right way um, because this is how I love my neighbor. This shows how Jesus loves me and um, not doing these things that are debasing to myself and to others 
Okay, of course, then the old Adam goes, and he goes, come on, let me hold the wheel for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm not saying we're no longer simul, Eustace at Picato, I'm just saying, this is the new man that St. Paul is talking about. And so he's definitely in this, and um, talking about the desires, you know, of the flesh. These are everything that is opposed to, to what the Holy Spirit has called us by the gospel and enlightened us with his gifts. Yes, and when I put everybody in that list of, of the fleshly things that Paul talks about, I'm not saying necessarily outwardly, but inwardly, you know, we still wrestle with thought, word, and deed. As we confess, um, you're going to have bits of idolatry you're going to have bits of enmity and strife and jealousy the things that paul's listening but the thing is to not follow those but as you said pastor hoffman to recognize those things are evil and put them to death absolutely and this is and luther by the way he was no pietist on this he knew that this is not something that just happens it's um it's something that we daily as he re recounts paul something we daily do because um the truth of the matter is as luther says the old adam who was drowned in baptism is a very good swimmer and so when when he says that then uh that's how we we understand that our daily uh contrition and everything is because we also are still fallen creatures and our turning away is because we have Christ that that is there to redeem us yes and I would also add this is this is a warning a warning because if you give in to these things and you don't confess them to be evil and repent of them which we do daily then you'll eventually end up just like all the people who fell away that's that's the reason that god gives you the list because sin unrepented sin and continued in unrepented sin can blind us to the spirit we we can grieve the spirit and then we become blind like like david david had lost the holy spirit and he didn't even know you know the prophet nathan had to come and tell him that parable right and yeah. then he goes I have sinned. Well, no kidding, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I was bringing you the message from God. But I think it's yeah. it's to say that his confession of sin was not meant with met with more punishment, but it was met with forgiveness. Yeah, that, and what's great about David's confession is. I have sinned, right? And then what does Nathan say? The Lord has put away your sin. He gets holy absolution right there. Yeah. Boom. You got to love that. And uh, I was uh, <clears throat> I was thinking about that just just today as I was looking this over because, well, we got we to gotta kind of deal with this because of all these things that he talks about, he says, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it's to say that those who are indeed ruled by their flesh, those who do not, according to Paul, have this Holy Spirit, but their life is, is focused on themselves, don't expect salvation. Only those who believe and are baptized will be saved. We know this from Scripture. And so... St. Paul, again, he's not moving the goalpost here and going, now you have to work for your salvation. No, no. What he's saying is, you know, for these people who live according to the flesh and not according to faith, well, those people don't have hope because they don't have faith. That is the crux of the matter. Well, and to, again, piggyback on that, I would guarantee that people who live by the flesh would not put themselves on this list. They would say, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. But Faye says, oh, snap, you know, I'm in here somewhere, right? Something yeah. has convicted me. Um, and that needs to just be confessed, and God will forgive it, and you just keep so. You see, this is the true freedom that we have. 
that we're, we're not slaves, like you said. The, the freedom we have is the forgiveness continually to confess what we truly are inwardly and be absolved of that. And then also given the true body and true blood of our Lord, you know, as assurance and our baptism is an assurance that God's not going anywhere. He's, he's, good, he's great enough to handle all this mess. Yep. And so that's really kind of a, that's kind of an important thing because this, I get questions from some of the Lutherans who have come out of evangelicalism, you know, and stuff like that. And they'll see somebody who, let's say, one of their Christian friends and they, the guy, whatever, falls off the wagon, goes on a bender and, um, you know, and they're saying, oh, you got drunk. You won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, you know, something like that. And it's misunderstanding. Um, some, uh, like you said, somebody who has the Holy Spirit um, is aware that they're sinful and that they need Jesus. And for these people who don't have it, they go through life and this is just their life. And they're, they're themselves are their own God. So you want to be very crystal clear when we talk about being in the Spirit. If somebody who has the Holy Spirit doesn't all of a sudden become puritanical, what they become is somebody who is keenly aware of their need for Jesus Christ because our flesh is so weak. But his, his forgiveness is stronger than our weakness. Absolutely. And Paul is, is talking to we Christians here. They've fallen victim. If you guys recount, you know, up until this point in Galatians, they have fallen victim again to works righteousness, They've, at which Paul is outright condemned. And he said, you know, back in chapter 5, if, if you... Um, you who would be justified by the law, you are severed from Christ. So he's not giving you laws here. He's giving you instructions on how to walk according to the Spirit, to crucify the flesh, and to live a life of faith. Sure. And every Christian needs instruction on these things. As Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19, baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teach them. Yeah, that is in that. That is absolutely it. You know, when, when again we talk about people having the Holy Spirit, you don't start pretending that a Christian doesn't need mentoring and doesn't need instruction and catechesis. Um, that would be, that would be, uh, um, it would be reckless. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the analogy you gave, well, so-and-so got drunk, I guarantee if that person has been redeemed and the Spirit of God lives in them, they're going to feel more guilty about that than anybody else could ever possibly make them. Sure. Um, and it's, it's again, it's, it's not to point yourself at, gee, what a good Christian person I am. It's a point at, gee, what a wonderful, forgiving Lord I have. And when I sin, he is there to say, I died for that. And, and your confessed sin is removed you have that hope and so instead of it just being this contest again uh you know somebody who will remain nameless was telling me about you know they would they they used to go to a church and and the whole point that they felt that they were there for was to show everybody how they've got everything in their life together and everybody else at church was their lives were all together and then one day you just wouldn't see a, a, a church family anymore. Well, how come? Well, because they got a divorce. What? They're, I thought they were perfect. You know, I thought their lives were ideal. Well, they had no Christian brothers or sisters to lean on. And so instead, they just put up this facade and show everybody how they basically don't need Jesus. And then when bad things happen, it just falls apart. And then they're too ashamed to go to church because all of a sudden they realize church isn't a place for sinners. I mean, it's madness, but that's that's what I heard. It is madness, and I'm in church every Sunday with my family because I love my children, and they need Jesus just as much as I need Jesus, and I'm there because I'm a bad person. I'm there because I'm not a good person. A good person doesn't need salvation, as Jesus said in his own testament. Mm -hmm. He came to save the sick, not the righteous, so... The more we confess that we're bad, that's the purpose of the law, is to show us that we are bad. And then 
at that point when the law meets us and the spirit convicts us, you know, then we can shove shove Adam off the wheel and Christ can take the wheel. Mm -hmm. That's right, because the old Adam is always pointing the car towards a brick wall, a bridge abutment, an upcoming semi-truck, whatever it can do to destroy you. Um, that's the old Adam's way. And, um, and so definitely, um, the, the, the new man is going, come on, come on, old Adam, you've been drinking, give me the keys. <laughs> well, and you know what, I'm going to point out a little, a little thing in the text that really tells you this is not, um, you're not facing anything that nobody, no other human faces, right? So when he says, for these things are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. The, this is what the old man, this is what the sinful nature wants. But the new man says no, right? Yeah. This is evil. And then again, we get back to Romans 7, you have the duality of nature and the war within of flesh and spirit. So uh, we had a question the other day in the group about uh, uh, Romans 7. So this is a, another text I brought up to show, you know, it's not just the... Because some people in their, in their delusional madness think uh, Romans 7 is Paul talking pre, pre-conversion, which I'm like, huh. Pre-conversion, an apostle writing to Christians as a Christian under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> In the present tense. Right. Uh, well, that just goes to show where... Uh, again, it's a, it's, it's a goalpost thing. You know, when they, whenever you just kind of interpret the scriptures according to how you're feeling about it, you just put wheels on the goalpost and move it around back and forth, back and forth. And that's all you're pretty much getting. Yeah, when you look around, you say, you know what, that guy's better than me, that guy's better than me, that guy's better than me. You're, you're in a pretty good place. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking around, you're saying, I'm better than that guy, and I'm better than that guy, and I'm better than that guy. Well, rejudge yourself according to the law. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. So if you're the one walking around going, man, why am I so bad? That guy's better, that guy's better, that guy's better. You're in a good place. Yeah. That leaves room for Jesus to save you because that's what you need. And that's what he's going to do. If you find uh, that you're saying, uh, uh, if you find that you're saying, uh, I thank you, Lord, that I am not like those people. <laughs> I thank God I'm not like other men. Yeah. Right? And the tax collector beats his breast and he says, he won't even look to heaven. He says, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And yeah. he goes home justified. Yep. And there's a, that's kind of the nutshell right there. So, what do we want from the saints? We want, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, mm -hmm. joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things, there is no law. So, at no point, just in case anybody's on the fence on this one, at no point is it ever going to be wrong for you to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, if you're like, should I, uh... Should I uh, go and cause division? Nope, nope. That's actually a work of the flesh. <laughs> well, and I'll tell, I'll tell something uh, for, for the building up of the body. You know, I'm, my, I'm one of these guys that doesn't have much patience or I don't feel like I have much patience. But then I say to myself, you know, according to this text, I'm like, man, imagine without the Spirit of God how much less I'd have. Oh, yeah. Well, we'd have pretty much... I mean, you meet some. I, I will say, just so that just so that we're not going off on just how cool we are, you do meet some atheists that display some positive, uh, kind of left-handed kingdom uh, things. You know, they're decent, uh, 
I'll, I'll say like they're decent neighbors, things like that. But um, so that's that's why we don't go by because you were patient, you're gonna go to heaven. No, because you have the Holy Spirit, you go you go to be with Christ. But a fruit of this are these wonderful things, and you should be thinking about these things instead of those other ones. No, my main point was um, how how little patience I have, how bad I am at it, and then I think, well, without the Spirit of God, where would I be uh-huh. in that? I, 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 so, so, yeah, it's already bad. How much worse would it be? I can tell you, as an adult convert to Christianity, <laughs> it can be pretty bad. So, because... Well, and that's the thing. I'm glad you brought up the atheist, because that's another good point. The atheist, when he does a good work, it's just a mere reflection of his creator, right? It's a mere reflection of God, but... You, Christian, when you do a good work, you, you, you're doing it by the Spirit from faith. And that is a pleasing work to God. Yeah. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's, uh, that's, that's okie-dokie. Again, there's no law against... Uh, there's no, and it's kind of interesting how this kind of works out. I know this, this is kind of... Where is it? Um, all these good things, but, you know, if you take all these good things... And you fall into um, you fall into idolatry because you think you're so amazing, and um, all this other kind of jealousy and stuff like that. And when somebody does something good and and they get noticed for it, and you don't, you know, and all this stuff, you can be careful because you can take these wonderful fruits of faith and turn them into idols. And the next thing you know, you're in that flesh category, going, well. My work was even better, idolatry, jealousy. <laughs> you know, and that, that you're, you're spot on. That's one thing I hate about social media is you have the, the encouragement, right, to kind of build this person or that person up and with, with likes and hearts you know what i'm saying sure Uh, and all of that you have that and then people become puffed up with that and you know the creators actually designed that with in mind but you know i wish they took all that crap away because christians just need to talk to each other it's not a game of you know how how much love can i get or you know right well even it's just even those pictures this puppy got hit by a truck. How many likes can I get for him, you know, or whatever? And uh, just kind of guilt-tripping people. And Facebook is really weird. I mean, it, it really plays on our, um, on our, on our, on our more, uh, well, I think it plays on our worst characteristics. And it just builds them up. Because, you know, when I see a picture of somebody... On Facebook, and you know, when I get, I've got, I don't know, I don't know how many thousands of friends I have on Facebook, but when somebody like goes to friend me and I look at their, their Facebook and all it is is 700 selfies, I'm just like going, whoa, <laughs> that's all your Facebook is a bunch of selfies, and. Uh, or it's or what my wife says, it's not your diary, hon. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. You know, your diary. Oh, the whole world's watching. Yeah, their diaries are amazing. <laughs> Let me rant for a minute, right, dear yeah. diary? And you know, I can rant, and then sometimes, by the way, I do have one, <laughs> and and I can rant and be really upset about something and then I'll read it later and I'm going, man, I'm glad I didn't put that on Facebook. Because sometimes... Yeah, you, you have more wisdom than me, I think, sometimes. <laughs> concerning that. I, I'm stupid enough to hit the post button and then go a day later. Man, I shouldn't have put that on Facebook. Well, so. it's just one of those things, man. I mean, once again, sometimes the old Adam just goes, push post, brother. And, uh, that's pretty much what you're dealing with. Uh, The the big thing for the Christian, I'd say here, the big thing that we can take away from this is not to be haughty, right? Not to be jealous and, and strifeful and angry. 
but to humble ourselves, to recognize each other, to uh, actually have successful dialogue, right? Successful conversation that goes somewhere and uh, not lord over our neighbor, right? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, and, and again, once again, just staying away from, uh, staying away from that other kind of thing to, you know, worry about how amazing I am or not. Well, don't worry about it. And the, the next thing, cause, uh, where is it? Uh, lost my spot. Because he says, and again, we've been kind of harping on this, but verse 25, if we live by the spirit, let us also keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. I was trying to segue over to that because, again, if we if we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with it. Meaning, uh, be consistent. I'm not saying that, uh, I mean, somebody who has the Holy Spirit doesn't go into a trance and then never makes a mistake again. There's somebody who who is constantly in the Word of God. They're around the word in sacraments. They're actually um, meditating on this, praying about this, uh, studying it and thinking about it. And it's something that we confess. It's something that even many people share their faith with other people. You know, this kind of thing. It, it's not saying that this is what makes you saved, but it, this is kind of, it's. and Paul does it a lot and I shy away from it because sometimes because I have damage, but um, it's, sometimes it's to say, well, here's what a Christian life kind of looks like, okay? And, um, and if you're thinking about these things and modeling after these things, well, you're going to be asking better questions than just uh, um, going and playing it by ear. Yeah, I, you know, you really can't be a Christian too apart from the body and that's that's the body of Christ which is the church so everybody needs to I mean we're not saying hey you're not saved if you never went to church that's not but historically and biblically you know the church is collective so you kind of gotta if you're gonna keep in step with the spirit you gotta go where God said the spirit will be in the word and in the sacraments and with his people right yep Absolutely. I will believe that until I draw my last breath that um, one of the things, and this is a lesson I learned from my father-in-law, God rest his soul, um, that when I was struggling with uh, my life as a Christian and even struggling with, do I really need to go to church? He was right there to go, uh, yeah, you do. And, um, and he was saying it because he would say, you do need the mutual consolation of the saints. You do see the scriptures say, do not put off gathering together. And because guess what? Every time you go to a church that, that truly believes in the Bible, you're going to hear stuff like law and gospel. You're going to hear forgiveness. You're going to be given the sacraments. You're going to be given hope in a fallen world. I mean, this is why you go to church, not because of you're just trying to make your pastor happy or show off how awesome you are. It's because Jesus literally has good things for you in a fallen and messed up world. Absolutely. And the church has always been collectively a people. Israel could not operate outside of the land and the people. Mm -hmm. uh, even in exile, it was about the people and the promises. The prophets still came to the people. It was the people collectively, not individually. And now you, Christian, are the true Israel. It's not, we went over this again in our Romans podcast, it's not a place, it's not a land, it is, it is a people. And right. we are, the church is the true Israel. Uh-huh. Well, on account of Christ, we have striven with God, and uh, that's what, you know, and so definitely, and you know what, does this mean, uh, does this mean that everybody in church is perfect? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm segueing, because we had a question in the group for tonight's episode, and if we haven't answered the heck out of this, then I think we're going to have a really fun time answering this question again. 
Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Okay, Terry asks, "What is the scriptural justification employed for staying in a church body whomst possesses heterodoxy and heterodox teachers, particularly in light of the scriptural admonition to mark and avoid false teachers?" Okay, well, we know from earlier in Ephesians, how are we to view false teachers? They're supposed to be viewed as an anathema. Another gospel should, I mean, I'm sorry, in Galatians, any other gospel. Now, if you're, if you're sitting in church and, and you're getting some Jesus that the Bible is totally, has no idea who you're talking about, well, you are, you are by far obligated to say, look, this isn't right. You can, um, I'm out of here. Uh, because there is no other gospel. And, and, the Ephesians, the Galatians were being tricked. Oh, you foolish Galatians, right? And so St. Paul was like, stay away from that sort. But um, now it's to say that uh, um, the Lutherans uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the brief statement make a mention of, of the, saying, you know, there are churches on earth that have uh, um, teachings that are uh, that are very good. They're solid. They're confessional. But sometimes, and hypocrites exist within these churches, and they said that's unavoidable. And so you you're not going to ever go to a church that has absolutely no problems or no problem people meaning. Every church you attend is going to be full of sinners. <laughs> That's actually what I was trying to get to, was to say that, um, and I'm going to read it here too. I think I helped you off long enough. Uh... Well, and, and that's just it. If, if I was the devil, where would I attack? I would attack the true church. I would I would implement a bunch of heterodoxy around the pure confession, right? And then I would I would sway the weak-minded. This is what the scriptures teach, right? Right. Okay. Here we go. Here it is. And this is on the brief statement on local churches or local congregations. And I think the the Lutherans of 1932 had something figured out that many Lutherans today just don't have figured out. Um, uh, it says here that um, Holy Scripture, however, does not speak merely of one church which embraces the believers of all places, as in Matthew 16, 18 and John 10, 16, but also of churches in the plural, that is, of local congregations, as in 1 Corinthians 16, 19, 1 Corinthians 1, 2, and Acts 8, 1. The churches of Asia, the church of God in Corinth and in Jerusalem, but this does not mean that there are two kinds of churches, for the local churches also, in as far as they are churches, consist solely of believers, as we see clearly from the addresses of the epistles to local churches. For example, unto the church which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, 1 Corinthians 1-2 and Romans 1-7. The visible society containing hypocrites as well as believers is called a church only in the improper sense, meaning um, my congregation is not the one true church, but my congregation, the members, the believers in this congregation are members of the one true church in that they have faith. But if your local congregation, if you're mad because you got weirdos in there, that aren't, um, don't be surprised. Don't look for a church that doesn't have broken people in it. Yeah, you're, you know, this, this is an ongoing thing, and it's always going to be ongoing. I, there is not one epistle, there is not one prophet, there is not one teacher in Scripture. Our Lord himself had well-learned people to rebuke. Yeah. That's what Paul's been doing in this epistle. That's what he does in every epistle is there's there's always false converts or weak-minded or, uh, you know, we have to learn to distinguish between the two. 
And so, you're ne- like you said, we're never going to find a perfect place, but we have found the perfect place, if that makes sense. So within that perfect place, I'll reword that. Within that perfect place, there's going to be, like you said, some, some cuckoo kachus in there uh, that are, are not there for the right reasons. Sure. I mean, as, as Missouri Synod Lutherans, which in case you don't know this, Zach and I are Missouri Synod Lutherans, in every congregation in the Missouri Synod, you have people who are whacker doodles. It's just, it's just the way it is. But that doesn't mean that the confession of faith that I hold is somehow um, null and void. And, and if error crops up in this congregation, I pray to God to give me the wisdom and the courage to be the kind of pastor that shepherds people in error back towards Christ or if they're wolves that I know to to say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you feed on my sheep here. And um, and so, you know, when, when error enters into a congregation, well, it's the job of the congregation to try and point these people, either point them to Christ, and if they're unwilling, then you point them to the door. I'm sorry, that sounds cold. But the truth of the matter is, is, if you if you if you don't love Jesus and you want to cause me to not love Jesus, well, I'm sorry, this is not it's not going to be allowed. No, I am actually glad you brought it up because I 100% back you, and so does the 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 Lord with with what Paul says. You know, if here's the thing, if if you have somebody like you're talking about who's unrepentant, who's going to persist in evil things that go against Scripture. Say they're going to push for women teachers, even even after you sat down and said, okay, let me catechize you, right, on the order of creation. And it's not, uh, oh, men are better, it's different vocations, right? Right. So this is why we can't have women preachers, right, to the assembly. And you catechize them and they say, well, you know, I don't care what you have to say. Well, <laughs> church... Yeah, church discipline then has to be enacted. And the problem is, mark and avoid only works if everybody marks and avoids. Yeah. The problem nowadays is, you know what that meanie Pastor Hoffman said to me about me preaching? Yeah. Actually, you see, now they're not, you got half that say, well, they're acceptable, and half that say, no, the scriptures teach this. Oh, well, you're being, uh, old old-fashioned or whatever the the uh lame apologetic there is on their defense because yeah. it's not biblical but you get you get my analogy right sure uh, well you know paying people a a day's salary for a day's work is really old-fashioned too so should we throw that out i mean it's it's moving the goalposts yeah so people always you know it doesn't matter whatever it is you know when for example, if somebody comes to my congregation and they want to take communion and they come from another background that, for example, that my congregation, uh, part of the Articles of Incorporation and things like that, we don't share communion with those outside of our fellowship. And I have a conversation with those people. Like, I want you to know I don't think that you're not saved. What I'm saying is we have no agreements with your church background, for for example. And you know what? I swear, nobody has gotten mad at me. There's people that still go to church here, like ever since before I came here, that don't take communion because they happen to like the liturgy, they like the preaching. And every now and then I go, so you ready to come to the dark side? <laughs> every now and then I test the waters. And... Um, and so, you know, but, and they're welcome to be here. This, there's certain rights that are not inviting for everybody. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of comes with the fruit of the Spirit, too, because how do I treat them? Well, with patience, kindness, I'm peaceful with them. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rude, and, 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 I, and so I just treat them with kindness, but I'm also honest because lying is a sin, so I'm not going to lie to them. And so, but I'm also not going to be divisive. You know, you can say something that disagrees with people without being divisive. That is actually possible. Well, and you know what? To to, uh, expound on that, 
we we have all accidentally kicked a sheep thinking it was a wolf. Yeah. And we have all petted a wolf thinking it's a weak-minded sheep. Yeah. So we have all erred in this. We are not perfect. And I'll give you an example. Even Paul himself says to the Corinthians, I am sorry that I troubled you with my last letter. Right? Yeah. Because he, when he laid into them so law-heavy, he burdened them. I mean, we can tell from the way Paul's writing, but then he says, but I'm not sorry that that brought you to a godly repentance. Right? Sure. You know, so he's we, being we, humble. We, we are not... God, we can't we can't know, you know, which one is which. If it's a if it's a weak-minded sheep or a, a wolf, you know, and and this is where we we need to be ready to apologize and not be proud. I have no problem with that. That is, I mean, my old Adam kind of does, but I've told some people, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, I came off wrong, and and I would like your permission to try to start over. And, and people are, you know, just generally, I think people are like, wow, um, okay. And, and they give you a chance, you know, something like that. Because showing people humility, there's no law against that. <laughs> so, definitely. Well, you know what? I think Terry uh, asked a good question. Um, so, if you're teach, you know, if you're talking, you're in there, and you're in a con in a church in the improper sense, in a congregation, and some 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 teacher makes a mistake, you don't just walk out. You go, do you really believe that Jesus is a as an alien from the planet Venus? And he goes, no. Did I say that? You know, no, I don't believe that. But if you go to a church whose church body confesses that Jesus is an alien from Venus, you're you're done. Just just walk out. But um, if a pastor makes a mistake, check him out on it. And if he comes back and says, you know what, that was, let me hold on, let me tell the Bible study. You guys, I don't know what that was, but I did not mean that. I think Jesus is an alien from Venus. So, and I'm using a ridiculous example, of course. But so, but it's always good to say, hey, what did you mean by that? And so, and that's how you test the spirits too, by the way. So it's, it's important. Yes. And that's always best done in private. So, I mean, uh, first, uh, to, and then let the, let, uh, you know, if you ever hear an error, then go correct your brother in private and let him go back and say, Hey, I made a mistake. That way we keep ourselves from being prideful too. Hey jerk, you made a mistake and you, you say it in front of everybody. <laughs> Right? Um, <laughs> yeah. I, w I want to add one more thing. If we all jump ship, if every confessional jumps ship, there's nobody fighting the war. We have to hold the line with the confessions. Yeah. We have to hold the line with the scriptures. And we, and th we know that the Lamb of God is fighting for us on this line. Well, so and he's gonna he's gonna protect his church. He he did it through Seminex, right? We made it through Seminex. Yep, and you know what? Yeah. There's there's even an issue, and I think we could do a whole show on it, but without going into drama. But you know, for the people that still are struggling with that, it goes to show how how sin really does rock a community. And the only answer we can deal with is repentance and forgiveness. So even in Seminex, the answer was repentance and forgiveness. For me, accidentally saying Jesus is an alien from Venus, repentance and forgiveness. You know, you're going to see a theme in my ministry here in Oregon <laughs> that rotates around turning away in repentance and finding Jesus um, staring right at you saying, I forgive you. But, you know, um, this is actually, oh, there's, we're coming to the end of the program, but there's something that I wanted to mention because we may need to call on some of our, uh, some of our fellow Bush Leaguers. This week, uh, we have launched the very first No Drama Lutherans uh, webpage. When you look at it, you're going to go, this website is so Bush League, I'm in love with it. And um, the web address is nodramalutherans.org. And there currently we have up some information we're going to add to it. 
If somebody wants to become a web developer for it, you let me know. Um, but also there's a place where you can um, where you can support us like we're trying to we're trying to raise $350 so we can uh, buy a whole bunch of, of Lutheran stuff no drama shirts to continue selling to pay for our web address to pay for our um, our hosting and fees and stuff. And we already have our Lutheran Stuff No Drama bumper stickers on there for sale. So if you want to support us in some way, please go to nodramalutherans.org and click on Get Lutheran Stuff and check it out. And again, um, we're going to start posting podcasts there, everything like that. And um, we're kind of it's kind of exciting because the website itself is so Bush League, you're going to love it. So, uh, anything else you want to say today, Zach? Yeah, I just, since we're talking about new stuff, uh, you know, Pastor Hoffman and I have been kicking around ideas of doing, like, uh, live, you know, maybe like a Facebook live of answering questions in the group, stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we, we kind of came into this, you know, from another group that, that, that went extinct and, uh, you know, we're just a couple of dudes that, that really, really, really nerd out on theology. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who want to talk theology, and we're here to do that. So, um, you know, we have a group with, with all of this. So if you're here in the podcast and you don't know about the group, go, go on Facebook and, and check out the Lutheran Stuff No Drama group. And, um, you know, we'll be doing some things. So... And we, we really appreciate uh, all our listeners. Uh, God bless you, and uh, I hope you all have great weeks. All right. Well, I can't say any better than that. Well, for uh, Zach Lesher, I'm Brant Hoffman, and thank you for listening to Lutheran Stuff No Drama. Until next time, God bless your week.